You're listening to a Toronto Centre podcast. Welcome. The goal of TC Podcasts is to spread the knowledge and accumulated experience of global leaders, experts, and world-renowned specialists in financial supervision and regulation. In each episode, we'll delve into some of today's most pressing issues as it relates to financial supervision and regulation. The financial crisis, climate change, financial inclusion, fintech, and much more. Enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone. I'm Demet Çanakçı, Program Director at Toronto Centre. This podcast is based on a recent Toronto Centre note. Toronto Centre notes are meant to provide practical guidance to financial sector supervisors on key supervisory challenges. My guest today is Clive Brio, the author of the TC note on central bank digital currencies implications for supervisors, which is published this month. Clive has more than 40 years experience in supervision, regulation, and related financial sector issues. He is the chair of Toronto Centre's Banking Advisory Board, participates actively in Toronto Centre board meetings and discussions, and edits the Toronto Centre Notes series. Clive, welcome. Thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. There is a growing interest in central bank digital currencies, but the experience varies. Some central banks are ahead of the curve. Let me start by asking what a central bank digital currency is and the motivation for central banks issuing one. Well, thanks, Demet, and a great pleasure to be talking to you about this important subject today. A central bank digital currency is in essence, a digital form of cash. Uh, It is central bank money issued digitally by a central bank, uh, denominated in an existing unit of account and intended to serve as legal tender, a medium of exchange and a store of value. Central banks are issuing digital currency or thinking of doing so for various reasons. For emerging market and developing economies, one key reason is to enhance financial inclusion. So central bank digital currency accounts can be made available to individuals who may not currently have a traditional bank account. And this could introduce those people into the formal financial system and begin to provide the data and transaction trails that are often needed for them to access other financial services such as credit and insurance. A second reason is to provide a fast, secure and cheap way to make and receive payments. Uh, The ability to transfer value seamlessly between individuals and businesses through a convenient electronic form of central bank money with the safety, liquidity, finality and integrity that would entail could make the retail payment system cheaper and more efficient. Indeed, in countries where retail payment systems, particularly in a digital form, are currently less well developed, uh, the introduction of a retail central bank digital currency could lead to such a digital currency becoming the core element on which a retail payment system can be built. 
Good. Thank you, Clive. Um, what kind of concerns central banks have in mind when they are deciding whether to issue a central bank digital currency? What type of uh, retail central bank digital currency models are out there? Well, Demet, a retail central bank digital currency uh, clearly requires a system for it to be provided and distributed to individuals, businesses, uh, and indeed the government. However, this system can take different forms. Uh, a direct retail central bank digital currency is perhaps conceptually the most straightforward system within which the central bank would operate the system, offer accounts directly to individuals, businesses and the government. Uh, it would handle and execute all payments in real time. It would maintain a record of all retail holdings and it would maintain the ledger of all transactions. Uh, there would be no need for any intermediaries. However, uh, this would require the central bank to build massive technological capabilities to process and record all retail central bank digital currency transactions and to handle a very large volume of payment traffic. It would also require the central bank to take responsibility for know your customer and customer due diligence obligations, uh, which would take a central bank way beyond its current responsibilities. Uh, the central bank would also bear all of the risks relating to the operational resilience of the system and would probably have to provide some form of a dispute resolution service. So for those reasons, no central bank has yet issued a direct uh, central bank digital currency in which the digital currency is issued directly to retail customers. Instead, uh, such a digital currency is typically issued through private sector intermediaries who offer accounts or digital wallets uh, to manage holdings of the retail central bank digital currency to execute payments. Uh, they undertake the identity verification and they handle all communications with holders of the digital currency. Uh, these intermediaries could include both commercial banks and other regulated non-bank financial service providers. And these intermediaries would be required to back each outstanding indirect central bank digital currency liability to a customer through their own holdings of actual central bank digital currencies or other forms of central bank money deposited at the central bank. The intermediaries would net uh, the various retail payments in the system and send payment messages to other intermediaries. Uh, and then the wholesale payment instructions would all be netted at the central bank. Now, some central banks uh, favour either such an intermediated approach or in some cases something a bit closer to a hybrid solution incorporating some elements of both the direct and intermediated models. So for example, uh, some central banks prefer intermediaries to handle the retail payments, but the central bank would itself either keep a central ledger of all transactions 
uh, and operate a backup technical infrastructure or have powers to access for ledgers of any intermediary and therefore be able to step in to transfer holdings from one intermediary to another if an intermediary failed. Uh, that hybrid model is a bit more complex for a central bank to operate than the pure intermediated model uh, because although the central bank would not interact directly with retail customers, it would have to keep a central ledger of all transactions. So I think what we can see there is that there are various different types of uh, operating a central bank digital currency system. Uh, and the small number of central banks who have already issued central bank digital currencies uh, have all done so using slightly different versions uh, of the intermediated or hybrid approach. Indeed. Thank you, Clive. Perhaps a follow-up question on that. How about cross-border payments? Do you think central bank digital currencies can help improve cross-border payments? In principle, yes. Uh, Cross-border retail payments and transfers are currently often expensive and slow, and there is therefore scope for interoperable uh, central bank digital currencies to make cross-border payments cheaper, faster, safer, and more secure. Indeed, the Financial Stability Board roadmap to enhance cross-border payments includes a focus on the potential for new inter infrastructures and interlinkages for cross-border payments. In practice, however, uh, most central bank retails uh, digital currencies uh, have adopted a very national focus. Uh, central banks are building national design features into their retail central bank digital currencies that may make it difficult in practice to deliver the hoped for benefits in terms of cross-border payments. So I think this remains very much a, a work in progress. Uh, and it may be that as matters develop, there will be more focus on the cross-border payment elements, but that is yet to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, Clive. Uh, looks like there's uh, some collaboration. Uh, there's a need for some collaboration there. Um, in this note, like any other Toronto Centre notes, you looked at the implications for supervisors. Uh, can you help our audience understand the link between central bank digital currencies and supervision? In other words, why supervisors should be concerned about central bank digital currencies? Yeah, thanks for that, Demet. Well, as you say, that is really the central focus of this Toronto Centre note. And the reason for that is that the introduction of a retail central bank digital currency could pose some risks to supervisory objectives. Uh, the nature of those risks will go back to some extent to the design features of a retail central bank digital currency that we were discussing a few moments ago. So what might supervisors be worried about? Well, first, they might ask themselves, does a retail central bank digital currency have 
a firm legal basis. So does a central bank have a clear mandate and the necessary powers to issue a retail central bank digital currency? Uh, can a retail central bank digital currency be legal tender? Uh, and are any changes required to the legal framework governing existing retail payment systems? Because clearly, if there are doubts about the legal basis of a retail central bank digital currency, uh, that might prove damaging in terms of consumer protection somewhere down the road. Second, uh, there is a risk of loss to consumers. Uh, and to some extent, this is very similar to the risks arising from the use of digital commercial bank accounts. So consumers could lose money if funds are removed fraudulently from their retail central bank digital currency account, or if they mistakenly transfer funds to the wrong person, uh, or if expected funds do not arrive in their account. A third concern for supervisors is operational resilience. Uh, if a retail central bank digital currency is going to act as an alternative uh, to cash, then the system needs to be extremely resilient, uh, providing access and availability uh, on a 24-7 basis every day of the year. However, a retail central bank digital currency may be an attractive target for cyber attacks, be it to steal money, to access confidential information, to disrupt services, or simply to cause reputational damage. Uh, and a retail central bank digital currency system might be vulnerable because it could have multiple entry points, certainly more so than existing wholesale systems. Uh, and a successful attack would not only cause inconvenience and possible substantial losses, uh, but it could also damage confidence in the central bank and in the financial system. Uh, and that is not purely hypothetical. There has already been an unfortunate example of a lack of operational resilience uh, in the Eastern Caribbean, where the Dcash central bank digital currency suffered a lengthy loss of service of almost two months from January to March 2022 as a result of a systems failure uh, at a key third party supplier to the central bank. A fourth concern is data privacy. Uh, protecting consumer privacy is critical uh, throughout the financial system, both to protect uh, individual data and to maintain trust. Uh, and with a retail central bank digital currency, uh, if anyone did introduce the direct system, then the central bank would end up holding a lot of information on its database on all of the transactions using the retail central bank digital currency. Now, it could be argued that governments and perhaps even more so central banks uh, can be trusted to protect the privacy of data, perhaps even more effectively than data held by commercial entities. Uh, however, if there is a complete centralized database of uh, retail transactions using a central bank digital currency, then clearly any security breach could compromise 
uh, a large number of uh, transaction and account holding records across all users of that central bank digital currency. In addition, uh, there could be a concern that irrespective of whatever they say, uh, public authorities could use uh, a retail central bank digital currency system for the purposes of surveillance. So transactions data uh, could allow public authorities to track the whereabouts of individuals, to monitor their income and expenditures, uh, and indeed to block their accounts uh, or simply uh, close them without compensation. An intermediated retail central bank digital currency system might actually give rise to less severe concerns about data privacy, uh, simply because each intermediary or other payment service provider uh, would see and keep records of only a subset of the overall picture. Uh, so as with existing deposit accounts and existing private retail payment systems, uh, that addresses privacy concerns to the extent to which the uh, data are spread across a number of intermediaries. So if the records of one intermediary are accessed, uh, that doesn't necessarily reveal everything. Uh, and finally, a combination of the safety and soundness of financial institutions, especially deposit takers, uh, and some risks to financial stability. Uh, this arises because the introduction of a retail central bank digital currency could lead to a substitution from bank deposits, money market funds, or other saving entities into retail central bank digital currency accounts. And that could occur because uh, a retail central bank digital currency looks attractive because of its safety, its low cost of use, the ease of access and the ease of making digital payments. Uh, and it may also be the case, of course, that the existence of such a retail central bank digital currency could act as a safe haven. So if there were concerns about one or more uh, banks or other deposit takers, uh, this could actually make the deposits held by those banks even more flighty uh, and therefore increase the probability, speed and potential severity of a run on a bank. Uh, so the concern here would be that a widely available and accessible retail central bank digital currency uh, might make it easier for deposits to leave the commercial banking system, uh, making bank runs potentially more frequent and severe, uh, especially during periods of financial panic. Thank you very much, Clive. Um, I don't want to ask any more questions because I want our audience to read the uh, TC note, actually. Uh, this has been very uh, fascinating uh, conversation. Uh, many thanks for your time. Much appreciated. And also thank you for authoring such a timely and important uh, TC note. I encourage participants to read the TC note, which can be found on our website. Please feel free to send any questions or requests regarding TC notes to publications at torontocenter.org. I'm here today with Clive Brio, and you have been listening to TC Notes podcast series. Thank you for joining us today and stay tuned for the next episodes.